Hi, I'm Simon Rushton and this is Taxi Chronicles podcast. On this podcast, we spontaneously interview unsuspecting passengers with their permission, allowing them to share their intimate life stories and concerns. As our slogan states, real riders, real stories. Some riders prefer to be anonymous, while others ask me to tell their story later on. Either way, there are all genuine 5 to 10 minutes stories. So sit back and enjoy this episode. On another note, that's, I know you spoke about it before, but I'd like to hear that story of Djibouti or the audience. No, oh, not Djibouti. Yeah. Um, what's the place? Pakistan. About Azerbaijan. 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 Uh, and, uh, and, and, the, and the hospitals. And, and the, the hospitals. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this, this, um, this story all came about me having a drink with an Azerbaijani friend of mine who was complaining about the corruption in this country and saying he lived, wished he lived in the UK because he thought we had no corruption here. And um, he was telling me, so this guy, um, uh, he was telling me about so, the, the, so many different stories about these. One, one of the stories was from the lovely taxi driver man who I met, who, unlike most taxi drivers in Azerbaijan, he was clearly educated, he spoke English, he was a very nice guy, and I sort of commented that he didn't seem like most of the taxi drivers I met, and he said, oh, no, he said, I'm, I'm, I'm a doctor, uh, I'm a pediatrician, I work, work, work with healing kids, and, um, and I said, you know what, why, why are you not working as a doctor? I, I know this country is really short of pediatricians. And he explained that he'd come from Nagorno-Karabakh, which is the region that's occupied by Armenia and is disputed. It's a civil war, basically, it's a war. Um, and um, not civil war, it's a war. And he, uh, his village had been taken over and been bombed, and, and he and his family had to escape whatever they had. And he told me about how he carried his grandmother until she, she died on his back. And he got to Baku, and his wife, I think it must have been, for writing his to the hospital because he knew that they were calling out for paediatricians and he turned up and he said, I'm a paediatrician, I've come from the Karabakh and they said, yeah, that'll be 50,000 US please. He said, what? And I said, if you want to get a job as a doctor here in this hospital, that will cost you 50,000 US. So, so, so he now works as a taxi driver and is trying to save 50,000 US, which is going to take about 10 lifetimes. But then there was my other friend who, who worked for the Hyatt and um, she was telling me about how the health ministry had put in this thing to, there'd been some tuberculosis outbreaks, well, small ones, but they brought in a, a law whereby everybody working in hospitality, and so that was, you know, people working for um, uh, the ladies' committees, changing sheets in your room, and everybody working in any hotel chain or any hotel needed to have, I think it was annual, they needed to provide a chest x-ray to demonstrate that they were clear of TB. And they had to do it on a certain day per their contract. And if they failed to do it, the worker was fined, I think it was a month's wages, and they would lose their job. And the employer would be fined, I think it was a year of that employer's wages, which was a lot. Um, and it was for the sake of 50 quid to get this thing. And um, the, so I heard that apparently people were turning up at the hospital, and they were saying, yeah, I've got to do my chest x-ray for my job. And they were like, okay, so when's that due? And they were like, oh, next week, Thursday. Oh, well, the thing is, the x-ray machine's broken at the moment. Maybe if you come back on Wednesday, we'll have it fixed. 
So they turn up on my time. Yeah, free the machine's still broken. If you give us 200 pounds, I'm sure we can have it fixed by tomorrow. Well, so you've got this thing where you've got people who are already poor ripping off people who are even poorer so they can pay their bribes to the next person above them in the food chain and it goes all the way up to the ministers. You see, up there it's open. Down in here, they have the same deal, but it's a bit of a bit more closed up. Yes. Okay, okay. So what other countries have you been to? Oh, mate, well, I was actually, um, I was out in Mexico last month. This news just got in the news before it's been in 2019. And I was asked that same I was asked how many questions I've been to on my country counterparts. And I, I was like, I don't know, I haven't really thought about it. Uh, the guys I was with are all younger than me, late uh, 40s, uh, they're probably in their 30s. And they were going, oh, you've got to know your country counterparts. And it never occurred to me. So I started counting, and I made my only ever news resolution that I think I'm going to stick to, which is to go to at least one new country every year for the rest of my life. And um, I've been to 52 countries so far. I do. Yeah, which is really good. That's good. I think it's a good resolution. No, it is. I've been to 54. Good man. But yeah, you probably spent a lot more time, more nice time in the countries that I've spent. I've met some places I have, some places I haven't, you know. Um, You've got also kind of fun ways of defining it. And I was doing this with some friends, we all decided that um, if you just had done a transit through a country or something like that, you have to have left the airport and actually broken bread and have a meal. Yeah, it's just so that you have to that's spend the night. Yeah. Because you can go there for, you know, I have friends who work in, in various businesses that will be flown out somewhere for a day for a big meeting or whatever. But I think if you actually left the airport and actually sat down and had a meal, yes, then to me that counts as, as having been to them. Does it count as having done that country? Because that's a horrible concept. Or, or, you've got, or you've got a photo of a t- tourist place. Yeah, yeah or you know, yeah, you need to have done something. Um, but yeah, so favourite countries is a bit like asking someone to choose between their kids. Yeah, I always say that. Yeah. What's your favourite when you kid yourself? Um, my, I always say, if people ask me what's my favourite, I say, well, it depends on what's my mood. Now? Yeah. If I'm in a happy, like, if I want to go and party, then I could say uh, I, Ibiza from where I was, that's 20 years, 20, 24 years yeah, ago. Yeah, we can all say Ibiza yeah, 24 yeah. years ago. You'll be the younger you as well, innit? Yeah. Or, but then historically, uh, like, I love uh, construction, graduate, um, I love history, I yeah. love architecture, antiquity. Um, so, that's a hard one because I appreciate Turkey's history with yeah. Ottoman and the Hellenistic and I also love the Mughal for the yeah. uh, India and you know there's lots South America with the Incas yeah. and Mayas that's exactly. phenomenal the and all yeah and those are countries I'll definitely go back to oh, mate, yeah, I'm I actually want to travel South America me too you know, you know me too really in, badly in, I've been to Peru a couple of times and I Writing photograph for a wildlife magazine, and I, I was um, lucky enough to get to go to Peru twice with the magazine. Annoying because I was there for like a week, week and a half each time, but not really on my own, very much not on my own ticket, so I couldn't plan my own schedule. So I've been there twice, but there's things I've missed the place I go. And the, the ancient civilization, the Mochi and the Inca, up there blew me away in the wildlife and the jungles. Uh, for me, it's impossible, and I, I find my childhood attachment to Sri Lanka, but Sri Lanka smells like home and it tastes like home, and uh, it's a country I'm um, so always so proud to introduce people to. And it will always be one of my first loves of travel was Sri Lanka. Yeah. Peru and, 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 and 
over there, Mexico, and I'm growing to love more and more each time I go there. Um, China, I'm growing to love more and more each time I go to. And then in Europe as well, so yeah. With um, Sri Lanka, is that yeah. where you did uh, tiger and uh, elephant watching? Not tigers, but elephants, leopards, yeah, absolutely. It's, um, so the, the Sri, Lanka Sri Lanka is really green. Yeah, really. I think Colombo, I've been to Colombo more times than I can remember due to the so job. Stuff, but, yeah, I, but I used to, it wasn't, I wasn't passing Next through. Next time you the Garabi Cafe and have the black ball curry. It is I, I was going everywhere. Um, I'd like, I'd just get a, come off the vessel, drop my stuff, have a shower, put on some fresh clothes and then just call a tuk-tuk and say, just take me, tourist yeah, yeah. place, tourist place, wherever. But I used to have gone TripAdvisor and seen what uh -huh. other people said and um, gone places. Uh -huh. But it's nice to, all my traveling I've done more or less on my own or with many people. Yeah. I would like to have a go with, with kids or a partner or yeah. both. I mean, I'm so grateful to my folks who, who, for taking me on this thing at such a formative age. When I was out the first time in Sri Lanka, I think I was three, going on four, four or five. So at that age, where kids first start to be able to form kind of a long-term memory again. Um, and it's very interesting that I, I, I have distinct memories that my mum and dad didn't even know about. Some of them, obviously, are family stories that I've got from mum and dad, and they feel like a memory because they're so familiar. But there's a handful of them which I know are my own unique memories. And it made such a difference to me to be um, exposed to, to, to wild animals, to also frankly actually to be a, a white minority in a brown country, which made a huge difference to who I was as a person as well. But it's, it, it, it gave me this sort of, it's given me this love of adventure and stuff that's new, you know, different tastes, different smells, different foods, different things, and that I think will be with me forever. Uh, and it's, you know, it, but this trip I've just come back to, which is European to Italy. It's all about, for me, it's all about something I've never eaten, something I've never been, you know, done. It's just new stuff. I find, I find it, it, it makes me alive. And I think if I end up doing the same stale stuff over and over and over again in certain places, a little bit of me dies. So, yeah. Have you had any... We hoped you liked that episode. Keeping in mind, we never know who we're going to interview. We post twice a day, 8am and 5pm GMT. Have you ever considered the future economies to invest in? Why not listen to our sister podcast, Africa Investor Stories? Considering Africa has the fastest growing economies and population on earth and has done for many years, it holds 30% of the world's known natural resources. We publish twice a week, Tuesday with a guest investor and Fridays talking about investment, politics and history, providing a clear understanding for any potential investor.